You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mount Westwire basketball podcast, MWR.com. That's our website. If you weren't familiar and you stumbled across us, Andy, somehow randomly, like, hey, let's download this weird podcast we found because of the basketball in this Mountain West. And you never heard of our website? Well, I'm Jeremy. That's Andy. And we're talking hoops and upsets. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get to it. What, we're gonna, what we typically do, if you if you listen to us before, again, Andy, I'm catering to a new listener here. We talk about our power, good. Rank- yeah, our power rankings every week, which are getting less and less talk about San Jose State. And I guess we're mixing it too, but we'll see about that. But we go through those really quick just because there's a ton of games. Games are weird, series and stuff. But the news we have, I brought to you before, which you were not prepared for, which I'm, which is fine because it just broke out. NCAA tournament protocols by traveling to the assignment of games. Indi- Am I correct? Every game's in Indianapolis area, correct? It's all in Indiana. Um, I think some are in, you know, West Lafayette, where Purdue is, and um, what was the other? Uh, yeah, they're they're close enough, though. I think Bloomington, right, where where Indiana. Hinkle Fieldhouse, I heard that's I think, a place. <laughs> right? Yeah, Hinkle Fieldhouse, I know. And then the, um, whatever the, the big one is, I think, where the Pacers play. Oh, yeah, that's changed a million times. Are, like Conseco? It used to be, at least. They're, are they doing Indiana? Yeah, Luke? Are they doing Luke? I don't know if they... I think they're also the Lucas so, Oil Field with two courts, the football region, football stadium. But what we're getting at here is that news broke earlier today. CBS obtained this, where basically it's a basically a step by step guide of how to travel from your conference tournament to the NCAA tournament in, in Indiana, and uh, I guess Indianapolis is their meeting point. So we're going to go through this really quick because some of it's interesting, some of it's fine. But I was talking to you before, and I was going to pepper you, Andy, because you haven't read through all this because I saw it earlier. So the most interesting, one of the most interesting things in the beginning is that if you're within 350 miles of making a bus, do you want to bus six hours <laughs> after your games? Because that's about what it is. Because those big charter buses don't go very fast, like compared to cars. And 350 miles, if you're the peak away, you're going what 60 miles an hour. That's what six hours, right? Yeah, no, that's not fun at all. I mean, I, I take. The Greyhound, well, you know, it back in the before times, I would. Yeah. Um, you know, I take the Greyhound from Portland back to Corvallis sometimes, and I don't even want to be on the bus for that hour or, you know, hour and a half or whatever it is. So, yeah, no, I do not want to be on that bus. Isn't there like a ton of restrictions on what you can do on the bus as well? Yeah, part of it too is like, well, first off, this is to combat COVID 19 positive tests, which I get they want to do the straight shot where you stay in the arena. If you're like like Saturday, if you're a Sunday game, or I guess even if you're knocked out, we'll get to that in a minute. But some restrictions are is also flying. Um, you cannot drink or eat while traveling via bus or plane. So like, what if you are? Um, what's the longest flight you think is, is the Pac-12 tournament in LA this year? No, Vegas. It's always in Vegas. That's right. Like yeah. Vegas Indies. I guess it's not a long flight from anywhere, but it's still got to be annoying, right? Especially if you played. 
Sunday afternoon, like the Big Ten game or the American game, which is always like it budding into the selection Sunday. Like, right. You're not going to eat. I guess you wait and eat, go later that day. But, like, the travel thing, that's a weird restriction. They're also requiring goggles, face shields. Okay, they'll be provided and suggested as extra measures. measures. Masks are obviously mandated. They want on the bus. So, like, do you think, honestly, do you think these guys, like, are wearing masks all the time on the plane with just their team? I mean, probably not. I I, I don't know. I think everybody, I don't know. I, don't, I think some some people are probably very, 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 you know, good about always having the mask on, always keeping, never, you know, never letting your guard down mm-hmm. and, and keeping all the time. But I think it's just kind of natural to get comfortable where you are. I mean, like you said, you know, it's going to be multiple hours. Um, there's a, I mean, no, I don't. I the don't reason think, I'm know, not, I'm not, we're not bashing, are, but are following the protocol. Yeah. No. And I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Doc. No, I was saying my point being like, I'm not saying it's, bad to do or not but you're always already around these guys all the time and so it's like well what's the point with play basketball around them right and they probably right. do like just kind of like hey put them on but like you're around them enough where it's not like you have like a little pod system where it's just you guys hanging out in your apartment or it's your roommates or whatever it's still stuff right. that happens we've seen it but they're probably thinking oh well we're around these guys all the time so i i'm not trying to throw <laughs> yeah, you a bus or like get your hot take on mask wear <laughs> Well, then they're going to get off the plane or the bus and then they're going to go on a court and, you know, not wear masks, you know, the players anyway. Yeah. Well, and then the coaches are going to be on the side <laughs> on the sidelines wearing the mask yeah. until someone gets close to them. Yeah. And then they have to take off the mask yeah. so that they can talk to each other. But you're close. What's the point of doing that? <laughs> right. It's like, don't take off the mask. The closer you get, that's the opposite yeah. of what you want to do. <laughs> so here, so, here's something know, as well. I, yeah, I um, a couple other things here. So if you're an auto bid team, you're asked to go directly from your destination to, to Indianapolis. So there's no going home or anything because before you have like four or five days. But now the tournament still starts on – oh, shoot. What's the date? Um, the Thursday is the first four, right? And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, so, that's right. Exactly. March 18th is the first day of the tournament. That's right. So there's a couple days in between like – it's not enough to be a quarantine period, but it just like going straight there is better than going home and going back because multiple places. So if yeah. you're not auto bid to go directly there, which it makes sense. So they want you in there like maybe Saturday night if you're most tournaments on Saturday. So like Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending on what time your game is. Um, like I know the Big West game sometimes starts like at 10 local time Pacific. I'm like, come on, what are you guys doing? Like you're ruining those guys' life. But all 31 yeah. bids have to come right Saturday or Sunday. And all and then all day Monday is reserved for that large teams. So here's an interesting thing: even if you're a lock, you have to wait till you're official on the bracket. Which, sure, I guess I don't know. But then, yeah, I mean, if you, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, like if you're telling me if a team that's number two in the Big Ten, uh, well, you just gotta wait until you're called. But the Big Ten doesn't matter. But I guess also it doesn't. I guess I think it weird. Like, right. If you if you're not like the Big Ten, we'll use them. They're what are they getting? Nine bids, probably ten bids. Yeah, I think they're getting a little more than just the one automatic bid. Yeah, well, a little bit more. Good call. But like they <laughs> play their tournaments, their teams gonna be knocked out in the quarterfinal round, and have to wait. And they're probably still gonna get them, but they have to. First off, you're spending more money, which who cares? What money matters. Like you're spending a couple more days in your hotel just to wait, instead of. I guess bus it if you want to take the slow trip, but you have to wait in your hotel until you go. So you have to spend more money, more money doing that, just watching no matter what. And then one example is like, what if you're Gonzaga who plays the tournament a week before, essentially, are they going to, they're going to make them stay in Vegas for a week and not go home and somehow BYU wins the West coast conference tournament. I mean, I don't know. I feel like at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think by the letter of the law or whatever, you know, it seems like in a case like Gonzaga's, they should, you know, the selection committee should be able to make a call to them and say, "Hey, let's save you guys that extra what I don't know, ten thousand dollars." I'm just going to ballpark it. Oh no, yeah, food, <laughs> everything, yeah. For you know, to to keep those twenty people or whatever it is in the hotel for a couple extra days, um, yeah, I. I think it would be cool, especially – I don't know if, if the NCAA is still going to do the thing that they've been doing the last few years where they um, you know, they release the top 16 seeds or whatever. Mm. It's like anybody who's in that list, you should really be 
directly go pass go get your 200 bucks yeah at least somebody who's like on the one line it's like hey cool if you made it into that little graphic that we showed a month before the (laughs) tournament then you get to come um early but yeah i mean i i understand why you want to have rules and stuff like that in place when it makes sense for something like this especially since it's hopefully a one-off situation you'd think that you know you can kind of bend your own rules a little bit and yeah put in a call to gonzaga so they're not sitting there for a week but because what's the difference because they're going here's the thing here's the difference like if you're a team in the whatever big tournament and you're out in the quarter semis it's like two days whatever but they could still leave sun like they could go back home and still leave the same time everybody else will be leaving like say you're like you mean like if you're out friday night or whatever you're waiting. Okay, we know we're going to go. We got to officially wait till Sunday at six Eastern to go. Like, what's the harm of them going back home? I know we're diving too deep into this. It's just an interesting conversation. Where they go back <laughs> right. home, they can still leave at Sunday at the same time. Had their tournament been in Vegas, and their exposure to everybody else is probably the same. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, That's, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder too. Like, imagine that it's not Gonzaga or or BYU. Let's say because BYU kind of still has a chance to maybe get one of those at larges. Sure. Yeah. I think it would be I think it would be interesting, you know, to see what happens if like Gonzaga is a sure thing, like 100%, you're definitely going to be in, you're probably going to be one of the one seeds. And, you know, BYU's on the bubble. I wonder if this selection committee would like call Gonzaga and be like, "Hey, you guys can come, but BYU, you guys yeah. stay in the hotel just a little bit longer. We haven't <laughs> exactly. decided on you guys yet." Also, interesting, you know, everybody's going to their own hotel room, which is good. It makes sense. Like each individual person yeah. from each traveling party? Yes. Okay. So that's who's paying for that. I don't know. But then you have um, yeah, right. obviously eat your only room. Actually, designated rooms to eat. Um, no coat. No um, scouting other teams. Like you can only scout by video for future opponents. Um, and then I guess um, the only other thing is that which I do like this idea: the charter, the bus, and plane. They're spreading you out, but and I can only do so much when you're in a small train, plane, or bus, right? <laughs> But they're yeah. spreading them out everywhere. So that was an interesting thing. I thought about – I looked through that. I thought that was some stuff people would want to know. Um, no bands allowed. Maybe the Final Four possibly. Um, to attend, you have to have like seven straight negative tests to depart for Indy, which is weird because – I guess travel party. Does travel party include players? I'm assuming it would, right? Yeah. It's like players, coaches, and any like you know trainers or any other um, staff – that you need to bring along with you. And that's, that's your traveling party. So yeah, I guess you need seven straight negative tests to try to depart for Indy, which who, that yeah. can be interesting to see depending if, um, I guess if you're on anyways, two weeks anyway, essentially, but that's, that's that part. But then also another interesting thing we'll get to also CBS. Um, 27% of coaches don't want the conference tournament. So Andy, yeah, including, including, uh, at least one of our, uh, mountain West coaches. Yeah. Nico Medved, I'm pulling up his quote now, but he is kind of, he understands why it would happen, but he's like, like the risk isn't really worth it for some leagues, but some it is. Because, if, like you mentioned, the Big Ten's like, who cares? Like, how many extra teams are going to get in? Because if, I, I don't follow the Big Ten closely. You probably do more than me. But, like, how many teams are – are there any teams that are bubble teams really in the Big Ten? I guess, I guess even maybe 10 or 11, right? Yeah, I mean, eventually the teams are going to play each other enough to where they're going to start to kind of squeeze each other out towards those ends. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have teams like uh, Maryland or Indiana, you know, some Penn State maybe, where you're like, I don't know, they're they're good. They're definitely good enough to be in the tournament, you would think, you know, from a roster's uh, perspective. But yeah, so you're going to have some... Some bubble teams, but I don't think you're going to get – I don't think the conference tournaments are really going to be that helpful this year. They're, you know, they're kind of nice spectacle um, most years, but I think <laughs> this year is one where you might have to put aside a little bit of the spectacle. Yeah, um, because Medved was like right? – like, He yeah. could see it either way. His basically quote was, I think we need to be nimble and we don't need to lock ourselves into anything because it's in January. Right now, we're not in February yet, which I, right. I'm going to guarantee there's going to be a number. You can quote me on it, bring it back. There'll be a number of leagues that say we're not doing it. We're a also, you know, who doesn't want to do it? One bid leagues. Like, yeah, like exactly. the A sign, the SWAC, 
the team totally. That, like, why would why risk but your you need champion. money if you're one of those leagues? But nobody's right? going to so, the games, right? Like how many games are on TV? But are really? you locked into a media deal? That's, you know that's lame thing, right? I thought the same thing, and I was like, just cancel it. It doesn't make any sense. And I was talking to someone about it, and they said, well, that might get a little tricky with the media deals. They might have to put them on, even if the conference doesn't want to. Because, you know, of whatever deal they signed. And I was like, you know, whatever lawyer forgot to put in the force majeure clause. No, before, uh, I never want to hear force majeure again. I heard it last week. No, stop it. It's back again. First the NBA. And now all right, this. Sorry, no, it's fine. No, you're a lawyer. So you I, I won't, I won't bring it up on the pod anymore. No, it, it's like, who knows? It's like, uh, technically, I think, who was it? Coach O and LSU like, technically could have been out because of that if they wanted to really this past year. Because they didn't expect yeah. him to be. Winning the national title in 20, 2020 last year. But, yeah, like, Medved sees it either way, which it makes sense. Like, do you need money? Like, if you're – like, if, like I can't see both ways. If you're the Big Ten, like, why do you want anyways? Why risk one of your – it's double-edged sword. Why risk one of your best teams losing a player for two weeks and you may be out till the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight and you got to make it that far, first of all, to have them come back? Or, right. like what I said, like, if you're a small one-bid league, well, let's protect our Big West champion, but – you got the one game on ESPNU at midnight Eastern, and that's all it's televised. Like, I'm not sure every – some leagues are different. Some are on ESPN Plus. Some are, like, I guess, technically like a Fox Sports Regional for, like, if you're the Mac or some smaller leagues. Or they may not have been broadcast all, just streaming like the WAC. I think they're mostly streaming. Like, what does it really matter? I, like the, I don't know. I know, like, the Conference USA has their own uh, – I like, I think – I thought it was sort of set up like stadium, like Mountain West and West Coast Conference mm-hmm. have, but like you go to watch a, a CUSA game and it's behind a paywall, ah, like a, a separate, a separate Conference USA paywall. So I don't really ever watch <laughs> Conference USA yeah. games, unfortunately. Um, I know like the Colonial is uh, uh, through Flow Hoops. Yeah, that's, that's a, who they're. That's different. That's not is. a uh, yeah. That's not like a league thing. But no, your point's taken. Where. They want to get every ounce out of that, which I don't know how much there is on Flow Sports for C. Right? Basketball. No, yeah, that, yeah, and that's what I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, that that one seems like maybe not quite as as big of a media. I, I don't know though. I you know, I I don't know what those deals are, or what kind of headaches those are going to cause. I will say for you know for our league for the Mountain West, mm-hmm. the tournament could be really dangerous because you think about. Well, we just saw last night. On... Well, yeah, exactly. We've got you know we've got teams that are on a knife's edge. We've you know people are kind of throwing around forbid Mountain West. We even talked about it last week a little bit. Yeah, right. And you know <laughs> it was it was a nice thought, but we realized this league is tough. And like we saw on on Monday this week, UNLV beat Utah State. That's going to make it tough. Colorado for Utah State, State to last get week. Matt Large did. CSU yeah, splitting now exactly. they're two and two over San Diego State and Utah State. Like Utah yeah, State's lost, they lost the CSU, lost UNLV. So you're right. Like, there's no like San Diego State's on a. No, I'm not gonna say a downturn, but they stumbled. The only thing right now is Boise State. But like we mentioned before, with Larry, like if we're gonna say, is there any team we guarantee an at-large bid right now? I'm gonna say no, even though we probably think there'll be at least two. Or well, I think there's gonna be two regardless. Right. But like if we're gonna say, is San Diego State at-large team right now? Even Boise State, I'd still say no. Like I wouldn't guarantee any team getting out large bid at this point, so I wouldn't guarantee it necessarily. No, yeah. Well, like and it'll so happen. If you, we don't team, if you get a team that like runs through the Mountain West tournament, you know, say like that wasn't supposed to, maybe like a UNLV, a Nevada, a Wyoming, and they win the thing and they beat some of those teams in doing it, you could end up with this. Like, like really bad situation where all of a sudden the Mountain West is a one bid league with you know Nevada as its representative. Call, call, like, if you know Colorado State proving they can do it, CSU showing they can do it. So like maybe the Rams somehow Nico Medved's like like I don't know. So what what I like also interesting note there. It's like teams can just opt out because is anybody really going to blame you? And public shaming won't do anything, right? It's like, oh, you're going to not play to secure your bid? I don't think the selection committee will care, really. Like, especially if you're... Unless, 
No, and it's too late for them to come out now, I feel like, and say, oh, you have to play in a conference tournament uh, to get a bid. We we decided it's a criteria. Like, you needed to set that criteria up when you were deciding what the criteria for the whole season was. And I know it, like, was supposed to shift and stuff, but you can't make it more restrictive. You can only make it less restrictive, in, you know, in, in my mind, in terms of who's eligible for the tournament and all that good stuff. And, so that, and then this big note, we talk about money. Here's a note, too. In the same piece, it goes to get a sense how much a financial penalty it could be if a team opts out not to play. Like, they could withhold tournament shares, which are very valuable, especially if you're a team that's not going to go to the same tournaments. Like, those shares are a pretty big deal. And so, um, it mentions here, like, re- what recourse could a conference have? Well, one source with television contracts, as we mentioned, because it said if it's a program decision, with the um, conference would have the power to revoke league tournament payments. So not shares for NC tournament, but league tournament payments, wherever that is. And with people drowning in money and debt for these for no fans and stands and not making money, American Conference makes somewhere around three hundred thousand off its league in a league championship in a quote, you know, normal year when they sell tickets. So there could be some money lost there, but that's okay, if you're already losing millions of dollars, what's in it like this it says three hundred thousand dollars. That doesn't say per team, that seems like total. Like, if we're breaking it down, that's like 30000 a team in the American. Like, who cares, right? If I'm, Am I reading that correctly? Because it says a source added that this postulation, the American Conference makes somewhere around 300000 off its league championship. Pac-12, 750, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, just over a million. Like, does that seem for the entire tournament to you? I think so. So, that's not very much if you don't do it. Who cares, right? It's like, oh, I got this credit card where... Oh, my minimum payment's thirty bucks. Like, whatever. I'm not gonna pay it this month. Who cares? It's only thirty bucks, right? I need it for something right. else. So I. So do you think the Mountain West would do it? Like, there's pros and cons. Like, I think they will probably end up having the tournament. Um, uh, I don't know that they should necessarily, but. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, over the next couple of weeks, we might realize that, you know, none of these teams have a good at-large chance anymore anyway, and we really do need the tournament to figure out <laughs> who's supposed to go. So. I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I guarantee there'll be a handful that don't get played. Like, that's my, my prediction. Do you have the same with that or what? That there'll be a handful of conference Cancel. tournaments across the country that don't? They don't do it. Like we're just gonna take our league champion, and then yeah, I think they should. Year. I think they should. I don't okay. know if they will or not, or if they can or not, but I think they should. All right, I think there'll be a couple. Like I can see the Pac-12 doing it. Like I can even see the Big Ten doing it because I know there's money there. But like the Pac-12 league's not very good. Who can why, protect your champion? But uh, there'll be a couple. It'll be interesting to see who does and who doesn't. But uh... I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We need to get some games this week. Power rankings, games last week, game this week. So, as always, Andy, introduce and tell people they need to hear this clearly because they, they're not going to listen to it all or they're going to miss some of it. What are the dates we do we pick these rankings for, just so people are aware? Um, we do these rankings for Sunday through Saturday. So, the cutoff for you know, the games that should be considered um, is you know games played through Saturday. Um so, that's so what, so what saying, you see here yeah. is reflective of that. So we're saying that Utah State UNLV game disregard the rankings because they're going to change wildly next week. Yeah, exactly. So can we start well, we'll with... See. I mean, we, they might change. We don't know. The, the rest of the games this week still need to get played. So we'll see what happens. Um, trust me, Utah State's not being number two probably after losing to UNLV. I mean, hey, if uh, Colorado State loses both of their games to Boise State, I don't know that they're going to jump up to number two either. So we'll see. Uh, good point. All right, so... Let's, we go in order. We'll go through games as they come through. So the bottom, first off, um, was I the only one who put New Mexico last? 
Or were there... uh, no, there were there was one other uh, one other entry had New Mexico last. So no, San Jose State uh, got most of the votes this week for last place. Uh, you know, even though they split with New Mexico, as we called, I thought it would be closer. <laughs> so, like in that game yeah. itself, like I'm, I'm serious question though: Is New Mexico? They lost UNLV. They're not very good this year. They they have what one conference win? Like we joked, la- not joked, but we opined last week. Well, they're not gonna fire Paul Weir. Are they gonna fire Paul Weir after losing to freaking San Jose State? They're one in nine. And, um, like. I get extenuating circumstances, no. but no, because people lose to San Jose State not all the time, obviously. But it's but, not you just know, that, but they're happens. one and nine. They're not even competitive. Remember, like they're not. No, good. I know. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that probably this season you're not going to see a change made. I don't know though. Um, it really has not looked good, and it does look at times like. Parts of the team, maybe all of the team, have kind of quit, <laughs> you know, and just, or at least you know, you they get down big in a game, and you know, you don't see they finish with forty points or something like that, and then you're kind of wondering, like, man, where was where was the fight? You know, did you at what point did everyone just kind of say, whatever, we lost this one? That's part of it too. Like, at this point, should they like just pack it in? Like, I, like they would have two more losses had they played Boise State. Like looking, remember, like going through all the losses. Every loss is like by double digits, except for like two. Like that, yeah. UNLV loss is by seven, and then every every loss is by ten or more points, except for the one. I guess Nevada was ten, but like they like they're giving up. They're not close. Like I don't know what to make of this team. Like I don't want to say you should fire and go to the coach, but your team is not good and not competitive. And if they're not trying, either just say we're done playing. But like I think there's a serious consideration. Like if they go. Like, the, to see the game the rest of the year, they might end up on a nice streak at the end Wyoming and the Air Force. They could win, like, maybe two, maybe three of those. They might split with Fresno. But if they end up with just, like, eight wins, or, like, they're, like, eight and 16, like, that's their worst record in who knows how long without me looking it up. Here. Yeah, I don't I don't know, though. Like, I get I get what you're saying, totally. And I guess, you know, it's a, it's a strange season. But at the same time, it's like... Being in the conference, I feel like there's got to be some sort of a social contract here of like, look, we 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 did this. We're doing this for you. Season, <laughs> we're doing it for you. <laughs> I don't know. Are you gonna be able to finish the schedule out? Are you gonna have this like super weird uneven thing going on? What's your tournament gonna look like? So I think that. It, while I understand what you're saying, what is the benefit to still playing? It's like you did also start the season, and if you're backing out now, in Texas and in know, Phoenix and at Grand Canyon University, then you should have said no. We're not going to play this season. But you know what I mean? It's like, money. You, you should, well, sure, it's money. Then don't quit your season <laughs> if, you, if you if you're that money hungry and you're that greedy. Don't call it in now. You already made the decision. You already put everyone through all this crap. Finish it out. You know, do do what you. Because you made the players go through all of this. You did. And then to say, oh, well, well we suck, so we're just going to stop. It's like, well, the heck was the point? We knew you weren't going to be that good. Why did you put the team through all of that? And not just cancel your season from the get-go if this was always, you know, on the table. Yeah. I, I get if something acute was to happen. You know, if there's, like, another big outbreak within the program or something and you want to shut down, fine. But like, if you're just shutting down because you're like, "Well, we looked around and we're we're not going to make the tournament this year," never mind. <laughs> well, then that's some pretty bad. F- I wouldn't want to play with that team again. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a, a team that I feel like I can trust and <laughs> rely. I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, you're right. No, you get a good point. Like, finish what you started. But my point yeah. is like the coaching staff. It's like, what have they done? Like, in the game versus San Jose State, they lost. They gave up 50 in the second half. Like they defense was they shot okay, but like they could their main loss was due to the three point shooting, which wasn't very good, and a handful more free throws. But like San Jose State could have they could have won by more. They were forty seven percent from free throw, eleven of twenty three. If they made eighteen of those, they'd have won by twenty points. Yeah, I'm just and saying, that's... like it's it's not that like you lost you lost bad to a, a equally bad well, I guess not equally, but a team slightly better than you, and they're both really really bad. 
like this team, like coaching wise, like I I wouldn't be shocked if they want to make a move. I know there's money issues and stuff. No, but... I, I I wouldn't be shocked either. I think money would be the reason why it doesn't happen, you know, and I, it, that would make sense why. I, th- I still think, you know, there's probably some promise around, you know, wanting to make Paul Weir work <laughs> at New Mexico, too. I think the the leash on that is running out pretty quickly, though, in terms of believing that this is the guy for the program. I feel like this this might be the guy who coaches the team while we look for the next real coach <laughs> You know, at this point. I think I think they might be entering that portion of the relationship. But I don't know that they necessarily make the move this offseason. Well, if you look at what Craig Neal did his his couple years there, like if you look at his last three years, I know this year's not done, but like even his first, like even if you go through like, okay, let's remove Craig Neal's first year with Steve Alford's players. That's kind of an anomaly a little bit. Like they, he's barely above five hundred. Like he was seven, 17, 17 and fifteen wins. Paul Paul Weir has basically equaled that with nineteen, fourteen, and nineteen. So if they get rid of Paul Weir, who was seventeen and fourteen his final year, and they go eight and fifth, eight and six, fifteen, how can they? I don't see how you can keep him around. That's just it's my, a good point. That's my thought. No, it's a good point. So what do we have good to say about? Sam? Especially when you got you know Dave Dave Pilipovich sitting right there, you've got an interim yeah. coach who, if you need to make a move, you've got a guy who can who can coach a Mountain West team. So. I'm not saying in-season. I don't think they do in-season, but I could see out of the season. No, probably play. not. But even if they do it off-season and they don't want to put the money into doing a huge coaching search, yeah. one year of an interim with you know with a guy like Pilipovich or somebody else on the staff maybe too. I don't know. I just He seems like he would be the, the first choice just because of his experience. But um, yeah, I do think that that could give them some flexibility to make a move, but not a permanent one in the off-season. So actually... Yeah, I might be warming up to your idea here yeah. that, that Paul Weir might Paul Weir might be in trouble. Now, what about what about Justin Hudson? Because he was a guy that I was kind of thinking might be in trouble with Fresno State. Because um, I, you know, they started off they had that really good first season under him, but they've struggled since, and they've struggled to keep guys in the program, and that's what's kind of concerning to me a little bit was like the big offseason transfer exodus that they had. I mean, I know COVID and everything happened, but and and the transfer restrictions are being kind of loosened, so there's a lot more player movement happening. But it seems like Fresno State, in particular, got hit with um, quite a bit of it, and it just kind of made me wonder, like, I don't know, what what is the future? What's going on with this program? What is the identity? We've, I think, we talked about Fresno a little bit last week. Yeah, they're kind of the forgotten team. Right? One of them. I think it's because we mentioned before with Larry, it's like. They brought in more guys they thought they would have eligible. And so it's like, crap, how do we figure... Like, the coach should know what they're doing, like who's going to play what and how good these guys are. But they have extra bodies. Like, a couple of guys we weren't even sure in our preview season stuff, early season, excuse me. Right. And so that's a problem, too. It's also only year three, so he's not going anywhere. Last year was a losing record. He took over Rodney Terry, who left for freaking UTEP during the conference tournament, which is really weird. Like, I'm out of here. I'm going to El Paso. <laughs> and... Yeah. Now it's his guys and so this year they're five and six. It's I think next year's the real year you want to judge him because again, getting all these new talent last year was great. They weren't expecting to have it all, which you would think, Oh, that's a great thing. You have all these transfers to play now, but if they're not meshed, they haven't practiced enough, you can't practice as normal because there's guys who transferred tweaks before. Oh, you're eligible, go play. Well, I don't even know who the coach is. I don't even know my teammates' first name. Like right. I know three yeah, guys on the goal. team. Goal. And so I think that's an issue where He'll have one more year because last year wasn't great. This year's not going terribly, but they're also only five and six. Well, and they're they're younger than I'm giving them credit for because I'm looking now, you know, because they got a lot of transfers, but they're they're younger guys too, you know, like Dion Stroud, who actually mm-hmm. did the the reverse Rodney Terry, right? When he <laughs> comes from UTEP. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, he did. Okay, good. That joke lands. Uh, all right, so uh, I mean, he's a sophomore. Orlando Robinson's a sophomore. Kyle Harding's a sophomore. Isaiah Hill, Junior Ballard, Jordan Campbell, Anthony Holland. I mean, this is a young team. So yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one who's overreacting and not giving enough time for for Justin Hudson here. But I guess it was just really jarring to see them go so quickly from twenty three and nine to eleven and nineteen. It's just like, ooh, whoa. Oh, it is. And now. 
and now this season is, you know, a little bit of a struggle too. But yeah, I guess that happens when you when you're starting to build a program. Looking and, at you know Yes, but look at this year's team, like fingerprint. Look at their beating. The teams they're playing and winning against are teams they should be are be, they're better than. Like they're better than Wyoming. They're better than San Jose State. Fresno oh, Pacific. They're better than Wyoming or not. I guess they split Wyoming, sorry. But you know I mean like the teams they're winning against mostly are teams they should be beating. Like the Wyoming game, what the one was a four loss split. Like that's my point. Like they're beating teams they're as good as or better than. All right. Hey, uh, funny thing. I you know I just kind of joking there. They're saying you know oh I don't know if they're better than Wyoming. They're actually right next to each other in the Ken Palm rankings there right now. So, so as of so they split uh, yeah. perfect. But that's my point. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like when they played New Mexico, they got crushed by Nevada, Boise State. Like they should probably sweep New Mexico. Like Utah State, they'll probably lose both of those. They probably split Air Force because Fresno hasn't won a road game all year. But like like UNLV, they probably as right in that same range. But like they're a team where they're not losing. There's no lot outside of the margin of victory, which is or margin of defeat, which isn't great for some of these games. That's my only real concern is when they're losing to Colorado State by 18 points. Who's a CSU's a good team or 21 points in game two. That's the bigger concern where they're losing to teams they should lose to, which is fine. But they're getting blown out by those teams. Yeah. So they're number nine. Let's let's go back. We missed a team here. Who was the team? Um, we did. We missed. We missed Air Force. Well, yeah, we missed Air Force. We? we kind of missed San Jose State, I guess. But Air Force is nine. And Air Force won a game. Or excuse me, San Jose State won a game. Congratulations. They had five players in double figures in the eighty-three seventy-one win, and they don't have Seneca Knight anymore. So he's at LSU. So even suiting up or trying and, to. And- <laughs> and Richard Washington was actually uh, was out in that game too, which is interesting. That's you know, right. he'd been their leading scorer, and then he's not in the game, and they win. It's well, like what I don't understand this team. Four so, guys with sixteen but, points each, very balanced. Yeah, <laughs> super super balanced, kind of crazy. Sebastian Mendoza with a four for four from three point land, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's so a good win. That's it's, yeah, it's for it's them. good for them, right? <laughs> exactly, right. I mean, Good for you. Utah State shouldn't be celebrating that win, really, but San Jose State absolutely should. All right, so, so who's next here? We mentioned San Jose, Fresno, Air Force. We move along. Air Force at nine. Interesting thing with Fre- with Air Force, um, kind of like Nevada was the last two weeks. Air Force is our weird team who is strangely unanimous in their position. <laughs> so every <laughs> single person chose Air Force to be number nine. <laughs> Uh, it's the only it's the only unanimous pick we had this week was that Air Force is the ninth best team in the league. That's uh, so I, I always think that that's that's fun, but um, yeah. So they're they're struggling. They keep stealing you know wins here and there, which is which is fun for Joe Scott's team. But I don't really see them. They're not becoming you know. There's nothing to do. But this the you know they might get a sweep against San Jose State and that. Could be nice for them, and then they'll be looking at four and eight in the conference. Maybe, so. <laughs> Good old four and eight. All right, let's get <laughs> to the big nice. game. UNLV is next in our list, and they're seven at the moment. Poised to move up. They they beat Utah State on Monday night. They play again Wednesday, so we'll see how that game goes. 59-56. This game was ugly and tough to watch. It was Yeah, it was so gross. Oh, man. Utah it was State. just like. 20 of 61 from the field. Well, and the worst part is, you know, you hear 59 to 56, and you're like, oh, well, at least he was, you know, it was ugly, but at least it was close. No. It wasn't that good of a game, though. Utah State really had to like, come back at the end to even make it that close. Yeah. And then UNLV almost gave it away with, There's like, a bunch of sloppy, stupid plays. 35 like, total play. turnovers. It was ridiculously bad. The only good thing oh. was that – um UNLV was shot 43% from three-point range. That's the only reason they won, because they shot 32% as well. From, like They were brick after brick, except a couple guys from three-point range, like uh, Bryce Hamilton. Caleb Grill did pretty had well. a couple big shots at the end. But, oh, my God, Nikel Blake is never allowed to dunk again. <laughs> never? Oh. Did he take away his dunk card? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, come on. You missed the first one, yeah. and then you travel on the second one? And you give two turnovers in the last minute that almost cost your team the game on freaking dunks? 
Come on. No, like this. Uh. Like I don't get it. Like Nemus Kata only he only had eight points. Like his worst game of the year. First he had six blocks. Good for him. But come on. You got to do something. Right? Yeah, he had the weird stat line of like 8, 11, and 6. It's like, what the heck? I know. He had it, was a, it was a super weird game. Yeah, I, it's a one-off anomaly. And like, was it was UNLV any defense doing anything impressive, you think? Or is this Aggies just like... Well, actually, the their defense has been pretty good, surprisingly, right? Because you come in, you see, you know, Bryce Hamilton, David Jenkins. You kind of think, hey, this is a nice offensive team but the since they came back um from their break over the last five games they've allowed fewer than 60 points now not all of those were against you know really good teams but (laughs) the defense has been on they allowed 34 points only to saint catherine (laughs) Uh, New Mexico, you know, we talked about the struggles with New Mexico, of course, but they didn't break 55 in either game. Uh, Benedictine Mesa was held to 45. So you're like, okay, whatever. It's those teams. But then they hold Utah State to 56. And granted, Utah State has been a slower playing. um, Well, I guess they're not that slow, but they've been in some lower scoring games, right? You had the San Diego State games that nobody broke 65 on either side in any of the games. Um, So you've seen them in that. But UNLV's defense has actually been a little bit more, I guess, impressive than I thought it would be. Um, I thought it was going to be a big big problem. And it's been fine. The offense has been the bigger problem. You know, shots not falling – like they need to. Um, but Chekumbake Jong, man, the he he hung around with, with Namish Keda. Totally. You know, he he and, and that's something that UNLV is one of the few teams in the league that's set up to with a guy who can do that. You know, Nathan Mensa over at San Diego oh, yeah, at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a guy who can. There might be a few others, um, but not a lot. But Chekumbake Jung is one of the guys who can do it, and I think that's one of the reasons why maybe you're seeing, right, Namiya Keda with only eight points instead of the 18 and 12 that you demand every night. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of surprising to see their defensive... It's good. You do it is good, but it's like when you see young teams that seem undisciplined because, you know, maybe they're turning the ball over too much or they're not shooting, they're taking bad shots. The defense is usually not the first thing that starts to come around, right? Because uh, defense kind of feels like one of those more disciplined, mature things that a mature team does. <laughs> this team is like, man, you're still turning the ball over. You still can't, you know, you're still taking some weird shots or some bad looks, things like that. Your offense isn't always moving well, but. Hey, you're playing good defense, so that's nice. It's it's kind of a weird anomaly, but I don't know. This UNLV team, I you you wanted me to write them off. I'm still, you know, not complete. I'm not sold on them to the to where I was in the preseason. No, there's no reason. It's one going to be like a fifth place team, but maybe I don't know. Maybe they could be a fifth place team. I don't think they're going to be any better than that. Here's the thing: Had they won the game, like their three point shooting was good, but they also shot. They're also very terrible. Also, twenty to sixty-one from the field. Like, t- here, imagine. Think of this: they only made seven two-point buckets. Yeah, somebody was showing. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. They were twenty-two percent from two-pointers yeah. and forty-three percent from three-pointers. Seven <laughs> of thirty, or excuse me, seven. Um, uh, if my mouth is right here. They seven made- of thirty-one. Yeah, seven. Yeah, that's right. Seven and thirty-one from the from two inside the arc. It's like they were much. They were like it's wild. Like had they been forty percent, they'd won by ten points easily. Yeah, I mean you've got a guy like Bryce Hamilton who ends up with fourteen points, eight assists, five rebounds, five steals. Also, zero for eight from two pointers and seven (laughs) turnovers. I know. I don't get it. And they also Jenkins Jr. bailing four thirteen. It's like this was a weird game to watch. A lot of misses, but when you will be lined up for three, I'm like, oh, it's probably going in. They're doing well all night. So the next game they play is um, I'm gonna check the BPI because BPI changes on this because it's game two. And was this game? Hold on, was this in Vegas? Right? 
Yeah, okay. Thomas and Mac. Thomas and Mac. Sorry, I, I, I don't care about home You're games fine. anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it doesn't <laughs> right, matter. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's not like, you know, the... If you're not looking directly at the court, you might not know yeah. where they are. All right. Um, you want to guess the BPI? Who's Yeah, favorite? I mean, I would okay. imagine Utah State is favored still. What's the percentage? Like 93? No, no. It's a coin flip. 50.1. No. Yeah, really? 50.1. <laughs> For UNLV and Utah State? Aggies are favored by the slimmest of margins. Oh, my word. Vegas okay. has them well, only a six-point favorite as well. Trust us, folks. For our new listeners out there, this is a fun game we play where we try to uh, predict ESPN's BPI predictions. Uh, obviously, this is not pre-recorded, as you can tell from my <laughs> reaction. And you never look at it. My like, reaction to my very bad guess. Yeah, man, I really, I really got, I got, I got goosed on that one. Ten yeah, Pump only good. has they change it to have Aggies by five. That's it. Wow. Like, okay. I'm going 80. Like, this minus six, I'm taking Utah State all day if that's, that's the case, man. If it's out there, six points, give me the Aggies, right? Is there is there any reason you believe that not an upset could happen, but, like, this game's even close in game two? I mean, it shouldn't be, but, yeah, but just the first one shouldn't have been either. Um, no, I think – yeah, I think that there are – Craig Smith is, like, a master of doing that, right, of – Adjusting. I am surprised they didn't do it in the game uh, against UNLV. The he first can't game. make the baskets but, for him, Andy. He can't put it in. No, the he can't. That's a problem. That's the one thing he cannot do. But yeah, I think you're going to see guys coming out crisp. I mean, you could see a guy like Brock Miller come out and hit, you know, five first half threes and really just turn this thing on its head right from the get go. That wouldn't surprise me at all. My my own internal numbers. Looks Ooh. like they've got Utah Utah State <laughs> by uh, ten. I trust you. This one, I trust the DPI in this one. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 coming along. It's a work in progress, so that's that's good. But uh, yeah, I'm looking looking here, and just based on you know scoring efficiency stuff like that, um, the prediction model that I've got here, which you know is we're still figuring out how, how accurate it is, I suppose. But yeah, we've got Utah state pretty well favored in this one. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to believe it. Um, my system, <laughs> we're looking at 67. So not quite as a uh, coin flippy as BPI 67% confidence in that pick. They should, like, they should win. Like there's no reason yeah, from that. Like, they should. Yeah, they should. But, but All right, let's move on to the next team here because we don't need to do a million things. We got Wyoming, the other forgotten team. Who has now won three in a row? So then we back believing in Wyoming now at ten and five. I guess, yeah. We went from three, then they went down all to you know to ninth place. Now they're back up at sixth place. You know, and they got good two good home wins against Nevada, who's a decent team. I think Wyoming and Nevada right there is kind of Wyoming, Nevada, UNLV is this nice middle tier of decent programs. Um yeah, I don't think any of them are getting up into the top four, any of those three teams I just named. And I don't think any of those three teams are going to fall further than this five, six, seven. Probably not. Uh, trio either. So I think you're going to see Nevada, Wyoming, and UNLV kind of switching places in the middle of the pack here. But I think you kind of got your top four set, your middle three set, and your bottom four set. Pretty Sorry, much. Fresno State. I'm putting you in the bottom, bottom Ooh, four. Seriously. All I got to say is Marcus Williams. He's that good. He is so good, man. He is great. He had 28 and... in the game, the, the second win. Like, he is probably going to get freshman year unless there's somebody I'm blatantly missing. Like, he could be first team guy, maybe. But, like, he hits his threes. He did, doesn't do much, didn't do much of anything else, at least in this game. But, like, the way he could score, I know he's only getting, like, uh, about, what, 15 a game. But, like, he has a chance occasionally. Like, the Nevada game was probably. I think it was his highest scoring game. No, he had the 30 versus Denver. But like he's had 20-plus points like four or five times this year. He doesn't do a ton of anything else, unfortunately, at least yet because he's a freshman, so he's like, I'm just going to score. Like He shoots the ball well from right. decent three-point range, almost 50% from the field. Like He's a guy where I could see, like similar to CSU, if he goes off for 25 points, could knock off. Like If I'm going to look at their peak, I guess at Utah State losing, I could see them maybe beat Utah State. But just because they're a little bit different teams, like they could beat CSU possibly. Like, 
they haven't played them yet, which I'm double checking as I say that they could maybe beat them. <laughs> I'm like, wait, they've played it. Though. Well, I mean, so that's a rivalry too, you yeah. know. So you never count anything out in one of those. But like with well, the way he plays, like he's a guy who can keep them in a couple more games than you wouldn't think they would. And imagine like the future is good for like next year and a couple years going, assuming he sticks for a while. Like yeah. also Lender, their new head coach, uh, they have a couple of things going. Like sweeping Nevada is a big deal. Like it so, is. San Diego State's an interesting series. I am not going to predict them to win either. But like Aztecs lot has has kind of stumbled a touch, so it's like maybe he goes off for twenty seven, and it's an interesting game. But so that it's like a team where you have the one good guy. If he has a huge game, maybe they'll knock off somebody they shouldn't. And these two Nevada games are two teams they shouldn't have beat because Boise they got beat by twenty twice. You know what I mean? They lost to Fresno by twenty points. Yeah. So it's like I'm not banking on this team. And what team wants to be? Your main guy's a freshman. He's not like a five-star guy at Kentucky or Duke or something. Lead of the way. Or well, you know I mean? And I mean, they still do have Hunter Maldonado yeah. around, who was like their do-everything. Like, they were relying on him for every... He was like a one-man team for the past two seasons, really. And now, all of a sudden, they bring in Marcus Williams, too. And you see, like, oh, wow, you put a few competent guys together with a new head coach who seems to know what's going on. And... Hey, you got yourselves a, a middle of the pack team, which for the first season of a rebuild is great. No, it, it yeah. is. And so, so what's how they go? They, they're fine. They like they they could be fighting for a bye, possibly, maybe because really I think like, they could win a game in the NCAA or in the in the Mountain West tournament too again. You know, just one, maybe this time. Hopefully, not <laughs> not too many. Here's what I'm thinking for them though. Though they got what, San Diego State, CSU, Utah State. That's six games. They might win two of those at best, I think. So they'll probably go back to where we thought they were. They'll be sitting like at ten and ten, possibly like or what, maybe eleven or twelve. Oh, I'm sorry, my math is wrong. Ten and five. So like maybe they win one versus CSU, like maybe. But I can see them also being ten and eleven by the time they play New Mexico. Like they may, they might have eleven wins, twelve wins at most by that point. So hopefully we're surprised that they can pull off a win or two, but they're. Going to be back probably, like, if they keep losing, they'll be dropping a spot here or there. All right, next game is, we kind of mentioned Nevada. They lost twice. Let's just move on. They're fifth, okay? Is that good? Yeah, they're, like, very solidly fifth. Grant Sherfield's great. Devin, uh, Desmond Craybridge is pretty good. Warren Washington's coming along. Go, go, Good job, Nevada. Uh, good good luck in your next series against UNLV. I know you next, really want to win it. Yeah, end of the week. So they, that's <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah. So, so Sunday, Tuesday. So for everybody listening, the UNLV Nevada games that are happening Sunday, Tuesday, um, will not be included in our next set of power rankings. So Nevada is not going to have it's so great. Nevada's <laughs> not going to have anything um, new, so they will almost surely stay at fifth place. Well, they could drop UNLV beating uh, Utah State. Remember, they could. Yeah, they could. They could. We'll see what. I know we we have some UNLV haters on the staff, so it's just you, pretty much. What? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. You you were giving them some grief for the the start of the season, and you kept them pretty low for a while. But you you didn't do it this week, so no, I had to, like, just no, give you. I kept them where they're at. Like they they're hey they get the respect they deserve, and the effort they put on the court reflects in my voting. So. Ooh. Just saying. <laughs> okay. If you play well, you get ranked I, I heard well. Every word of that sentence. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you play well, you'll get ranked well. If you're not, you're not going to. All right. So yeah. next up on the list, we have a San Diego State. So this is where we get to the top four. Which San Diego State number four. Ooh. Well, how do you feel about that? I'm trying to remember why I put them on my poll. Maybe I should keep my poll up here too. Um, <laughs> here's the part of the reason they okay they got swept by Utah State, but then they also beat Air Force twice, and nobody cares about that. They, Matt, I guess the good thing, Matt Mitchell came back and he played healthy. We thought he'd be sitting out this series and the next. But he is actually out there and he played. He didn't start. He had. I'm trying to see him. I'm looking at one of the box scores, but he's been bringing back in limited fashion. I, I tweeted out some highlight he did, which is pretty nice. He had a good game against, uh, in the second one, I think he had 10 points and like minutes. six, seven rebounds. That's what I was looking at. So he's slowly coming back in. So that's good. But it's like, Honestly, did you move them up for beating Air Force? No, I doubt it, right? Well, I had them at third last week, so I didn't move them up, but I didn't move them at all. They that's stayed at third for me. I have I've had CSU at fourth the last couple fair. weeks. 
Um, so, so no, I did not move them up for be, the, like the air force wins did not change my perception of San Diego state at all. Um, same. And, and I'm not sure that they really should have other than we know Brian Dutcher hates playing there, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but you, you know, I, if, if nothing else, it showed me that they've stopped whatever bleeding was happening maybe. And that the, you know, the, the alarm bells don't need to be ringing. I think they're going to go through and I think they're going to, um, it's Wyoming this week. Yeah. So yeah. on Thursday and Saturday this week, I think they're going to win both of those games pretty handily, not quite as bad as the air force games, but maybe better than the Nevada ones. Yeah. Right? But that, what I want to see is them getting, like you mentioned, they bleeding kind of stopped. They beat them by what? 30 each time, just about. 98-61, Wyoming game, probably they should win. It might be a touch interesting, but they got Wyoming, New Mexico, San Jose State. They'll be on an eight-game winning streak by the time they play Boise State, I'm guessing. They'll be sitting at 19-4, series finale, I mean, finale, right? That could be a 10-game winning streak, right? Because they got two already. Oh, both yeah, eight from now. The Air Force yeah. wins. Sorry, so yes. eight more. Yeah. yeah, they could be at a 10-game winning streak. You could have Boise on like a 20-game winning Told streak. Told you, hey. That? What did I tell you, man? Hey, no way, believe me. You called it. You called it. Just saying. For the football guy, he knows some hoops a little bit, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Now, All right, next, now we got CSU, right? CSU, yeah. I want to talk about because they. Well, actually, let's go to to Utah State because CSU and Boise are playing okay. this week. That's fair. So we can break those down together, maybe a little. So Utah State, though, talk, going back to you being a football guy who knows about basketball, you picked Utah State to win the conference. This it's year. not over yet. Come on, it's be, definitely be not quiet over on yet. the ones I get wrong. Come on. Well, well, no, but I just – is this team – now that you've seen them, you know, they were on a streak. They've they've lost. Do you still believe in them after this loss to UNLV? That's the reason yeah. I brought up your pick. No, I do. <laughs> I was no, no, trying no. to frame this, Jeremy. No. <laughs> Not just trying to poke you in the eye. It was okay. their worst performance by far. Worse well, than the South Dakota State game? <laughs> what's South Dakota State's record really quick? I want to take a peek. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. Their second worst game possibly of the year. South Dakota State right now sitting at ten and three. The the, the margin. Yeah, but of I the, mean, they lost by like thirty I know, points. I know, eighty three to fifty nine. I get it. Um, I would say this performance is rare from what happened. Like you're not going. I think keep, I agree with you that it's their worst. By the way. Yeah, because they're shooting like this. Thirty percent. Come on. Not even thirty. What was it? Thirty two percent. We talked about what was it? Yeah, thirty two percent from the field. That's not going to happen again. Like, they, their bench scored four points total. Barstow was the only guy who got on the board. Like, you had, um, what's his name, Stephen Ashworth play 30, 20 minutes and go over. Like, they were yeah. out-rebound, I think. Was it here? I'm double-checking. No, they had more rebounds. But, like, they 17 turnovers, too many fouls. Like, no, not 12 fouls, whatever. Not Actually, not a ton. But when you have five by one guy and you have 12 total fouls, that's not good with Worcester. Or Worcester, but it's like... Well, it's their worst game by far shooting-wise, I would say. And so I do not expect this to happen again. But also, one thing to look at, they shot this bad, but let's look at some positives. Like, UNLV's offense wasn't very good either inside the arc, as we mentioned before. So it's not like like Nemus had six blocks. They forced 18 turnovers. They had eight steals in the game. Well, they did give up 13 steals on their own. Like, there were some defense was fine in this game, probably pretty good. It's just they could oh, not yeah. buy a I mean, bucket. Utah that's the problem. A top ten defense in the country. Like so that's my point. Like, there is concern because the matchup with when Kata goes up against another big guy, he can struggle, which he did in this game. But I think part of it is like they just had an off shooting night and they were still in the game and could have won because of their defense. Yeah. So that's okay. my point. Like they're they're gonna be fine. Like, I'm not gonna count them out. So to they're not gonna win. be fine. All right, perfect. And they have really quick their next game. They have um, UNLV, as we mentioned, UNLV again. Okay, so. And then next week against Fresno, which will be another chance. Now, the other thing to consider here, right, they're 9-2. and two. They've already got San Diego State and Colorado State out of the way. Split, yeah, right. right? They've got... They've, they've got the series with Boise and Nevada still to come and Wyoming, so they end on kind of a tougher note. Mm-hmm. But they're, they've got a good record banked. Now, Boise State is undefeated, but they haven't played any of the teams yet. True. So if they start to stumble a little bit, yeah, I mean, Utah State is still in a <coughs> excuse me good position. Still in a uh, good position, yeah. <coughs> Ooh, 
You got good? A little, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got a frog stuck in my throat there. No, we're we're fine though. Um, but you're right. Like they already knocked yeah, out some tough opponents. Right, and so you know when we say that this race is not over, even though Boise State might have a game or two in hand, um, that could change pretty quickly. Given that Boise State's uh, about to start their like the meaty part of their schedule this week, uh, starting with Colorado State. Yeah, we mentioned also Boise. So how do you see Boise's number one? By the way, if you hadn't noticed yet, Boise is number one. Yeah, in case you hadn't put that together yet, in case yeah, the title of the article, by the way, is uh, Boise State alone at the top, <laughs> but finally. can they stay there? That's the big question, right? Now that they're they're finally here, they finally made it to the top. I don't know if you saw it in the polls, in the national polls this week, they're like right on the outside looking in. They're the number twenty six team in the AP poll this week. Next week, right? If yeah. next week they'll be in it if. They win. Sweet. So are they going to win both these games this week? <sighs> That's a tough question. Right. It's tough. It, 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 it is. It, because you're right. Because when you look at the overall record, like you mentioned, like the rest of their games, outside of the UNLV series, I could see them losing at least one game in any of the series, including Nevada. Because Nevada's good enough to maybe steal a game. Maybe. But CSU's weird because they beat teams and lose by 20. Like they beat, they lost to San Diego State back and beat San Diego State. It, it is on the road. Right. Um, the way the Rams have been playing, I think a split is most likely. All right, BPI really quick. Who's favored? Go. <laughs> Boise. Yes. What percentage? 56. Oh, you're closer. 58%. Oh, hey, that's the best one I've done, I think, so far. They're only favored by two for Vegas, so... And Ken Palm, it looks like it's a one-point spread. So, you know, this one, it's going to be close. Yeah, I think a split. I think a split does it's possible, sound pretty, Very possible. Very possible. And because Boise State also, you know, they've won all of these games. But there's been a couple close calls in here. You know, they had that game against San Jose State. Uh, where they only won by a point. There was a game against Air Force where, like, for the they trailed at halftime, or they were like barely ahead at halftime. I mean, most of the games they're running away with, no problem. Um, the BYU game was close, so you know they've had some times where they they've looked let's say vulnerable. I guess I don't know. It's Boise State, so it's, I don't want to say they're like a juggernaut. We're not talking about Gonzaga here, but they're being um, a bunch of bad teams, and now they face an above-average team. We'll see what they can do. Exactly. BYU is the best win by far on here. Those two blowouts against Wyoming on the road are nice as well. But so far, that's really all that's on this resume for Boise State. So yeah, the this is going to be a huge time for them to at least grab one of these two wins. I think even just looking ahead to, to next week um, when they play Nevada – you know, you've got four road games in a row. If you split those and you take two of two, I think Boise State is still in a decent spot for an at-large bid, but it's going to be a lot tighter uh, as they go down the stretch. And the, those final four games against Utah State and San Diego State are going to be massive. I mean, that is just like some scheduling gold right there. To, to oh, yeah, no kidding. Boise State finishing on this. It's just... It's crazy. Like, you see, we, we talked about this months ago that this is how the schedule could play out is that, you know, they could be, that Boise State could win out up until those Utah State, San Diego State series. Now what we're seeing Colorado State, Nevada, UNLV, there's some life in those teams. Um, not enough. I'm I don't not think. as, well, but not enough to steal one or two wins, you know. I don't think anyone's sweeping Boise State in the in these series, but I'm I'm less confident that Boise State's going to be twenty and one when they you know make it to San Diego. I think I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, you're probably right, but like I still see them sweeping UNLV, likely sweeping Nevada, likely. But I out of the when cumulative all the games, like those six, like they're probably losing just one of those. And it's not coming against yeah, you. And, and I think it's going to be the split. You know, I think I, I'm with you that I think a, the split against Colorado State seems right. So, okay, so think about this then. I just want to know, you know, let's get a little preview of what your vote would be like. So let's say San Diego State does what they need to do and they beat up on Wyoming two times. 
Boise and Colorado State split, and Utah State wins the second game of their series against UNLV and looks good. You know, looks like they're back in form. Who do you vote for? Who's your number one? Are you keeping Boise on um, top? Would you go Utah State? Would San Diego State jump up? Okay, hold on. So you mentioned, obviously, Utah State <laughs> splits. Boise splits, right? Yeah, so Boise and Colorado State split, and then San Diego State and Utah State win their remaining games this week. Um, How do you vote um, the top four? Because it's tough for me. I'm not even sure. <sighs> I'm thinking about it myself. Boise splits. Here's the thing. Utah State's not number one no matter what. Okay. All because right, so that's interesting. That UNLV losses, they lost this week. That that loss was too bad for me to put them to move them okay. up. Like I don't sure, I, sure, see. Sure. I should recall where I put them. I don't recall where I voted. I'm pretty sure I put Boise Utah State. I'm ninety percent, ninety five percent sure. Um, first off, how, wait, how many people voted for Boise number one? Was it unanimous? Um, it was not. There was one team. Let's see. Let me pull this up here. Uh, there was one first place vote for Colorado State, I believe. Josh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let me pull this up. Uh, yeah, there was one first place vote for Colorado State and one first place vote for Utah State, okay. which might have been you. I mean, that sounds like you. What? No, that could have been <laughs> that could have been Sam. Could have been possibly. I started to pull Marie. I can pull up my rankings if I see her there because I know I voted first this past week, but. Um, I, well, I think it. the fact that we don't know who we voted – well, I know who I voted for. I forget but like, sometimes. I think it, it just tells you how close this, this top four is, though. That, you know, it's like, oh, man, I could have put this team number one or maybe that team number one or maybe they were two. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like these, these four teams are jam-packed in here. And it's like – it's awesome. I think it's good for it the is, league. Totally. I think that – I see some people who are like, oh, the Mountain West is weak this year because the, the bottom is so weak. It's like, well, whatever. Mid-major leagues have weak bottoms. But having four competent teams at top at the top and like three decent teams, I could see Nevada, Wyoming, or UNLV all ending up in a an NIT if they wanted to. If it's you right. know? <laughs> it, well, I think it is. I think the last we've heard, the NIT is still on. Okay. Um, but no one cares about it. No one's really like, 